Welcome and you are listening to another episode of keepthechange.co.nz's Money Mail. It is Friday 9am, the email comes out every week. Thank you firstly to everyone that's been sending in feedback and that tuned into the 30 and 30 lessons during the March month. My birthday month, project of mine, I came up with an idea on a plane, I would try and get 30 podcasts out in 30 days, back to back, never miss a day, and we did it. I think on average are about half an hour long each, so there's about 15 hours of content there, and it's been really awesome to see the new people who have been tuning into Money Mail. Uh, we'll go back to the weekly and regular Money Mail now. This is a song you may be familiar with and know the beat is Mo Money, Mo, Mo Problems. Basically, the more money you have, the more problems you have, apparently. Puff Daddy and Mace Instrumental 2014 tune this. Why we got this one as a start? Well, today we're going to be talking about who's got all of the cash. Because recently I've been doing some reading on the amount of money that is out there and that is sitting in different bank accounts. And I thought I would give you some insights because you probably don't read the stupid things that I read during the week, nor get excited about them, nor really understand them. So I try and break them down and make them nice and easy for you to understand. So this week I was reading an article about money. Funny that. Well, I thought you might be interested in some of the things that I saw. It was about the amount of money in different types of bank accounts at the end of December 2021. Granted, we're now in April, and of course, you should be thinking about doing your month end process, and we'll talk about that at the end of this podcast. But let's have a look at what was in these bank accounts. Transaction bank accounts, so that's your everyday kind of, your bank account, my bank account, what we've got washing around in our day-to-day spending accounts. A combined $52.3 billion dollars. What about term deposits? $83.4 billion in those. Term deposits are accounts where you lock up your money and you're guaranteed a return if you lend your money to the bank for a certain amount of time. And that's the the term, right? So you say, look, you can have this for six months and in return you'll give me an interest rate of 2% or whatever it is and you can't get your money back in that time. Now a savings account, that's a little bit different. That's where you've probably got on call but hopefully you're earning some interest on that. And that's been a pretty traditional way for Kiwis to save in the old savings account, but times are changing, and we'll talk about that later on too. But in those accounts, nearly $80 billion. So $79.9 billion sitting in savings accounts. Now, you're probably thinking, well, that doesn't mean anything to you because you're not really comparing it to anything. So remember that we're looking at this as of the 31st of December, 2021. So transaction accounts have increased in balance by around $25 billion since the start of the pandemic. So there's $25 billion more than ordinarily, well pre-pandemic, sitting in everyday transaction accounts. Transaction accounts, as I said, are everyday accounts for all of us. Term deposits have dropped by $20 billion. This is where people lock up their savings for a certain amount of uh, certain term, i.e. six months. Maybe, they're be, maybe they've become a bit unfashionable with the low interest rates and perhaps people have chosen not to roll them into a new term deposit when they have matured or become accessible. What I'm saying there is that perhaps people are thinking, right, I'm not going to renew or reconfirm my term deposit because the interest rate is so low, so why would I do that? And they would rather just hold on to it or maybe they want to buy a house or who knows. But clearly, term deposits have dropped by $20 billion. What about savings accounts? Well, these have increased as well by around $20 billion. So you could almost say that the $20 billion has gone from term deposits into savings accounts. 
because savings accounts have increased by $20 billion since the start of the pandemic. Savings accounts can usually be accessed at any time. So you basically, you can tell, because you can do a bit of math, there that if the 20s come out of term deposits, gone into savings accounts, then we've got $25 billion in transaction accounts that's sitting in there that wasn't there prior to the pandemic. How did it all get there? Well, who knows? We'd probably be speculating. But, you know, clearly, the amount of money that's gone into the system, it has ended up landing into people's bank accounts, and people have done reasonably well. So there is cash floating around, and there's a lot more than prior to the pandemic as well. But this also gets you thinking about what these people must be thinking. Perhaps people don't want their money tied up in term deposits because they want the certainty that they can access it. So if you had your money in a term deposit, you can't actually get it because you've given the bank a term of which they can use your money and you can't get access to it. So people are saying, well, instead of having a term deposit and locking it up for six months, 12 months, two years, I want access to it. So I'm not going to put it into a term deposit. I'm probably just going to put it into the savings account. Now, this makes sense because we've been living in so much uncertainty recently. Usually when people have uncertainty around them, they want to match the things that they do with some further uncertainty as well. So they will be worried like, well, why would I put all my money in a term deposit when I don't know what's going to happen? So they're trying to give themselves a bit of flexibility rather than tying up all of their cash. Now, people may see that the term deposit, term deposit rates aren't attractive enough to have cash locked up in these as well. Term deposit rates have been coming back, so a lot of people will be thinking, ah, oh, bugger that, what's the point of having a term deposit because I earn bugger all interest? Now, regardless of what people are thinking about, there's a lot of cash sitting in different bank accounts. Who has all of this cash, and what are they planning on doing with it? That's pretty hard to know, but you'd have to think that someone is going to be chasing it. If there's a large amount of cash around, trust me, Somebody is always chasing that cash, whether it be free money from the government, whether it be uh, an inheritance, whether it be lotto winnings, and someone finds out who won that lotto. Once people know that there's cash available, people start chasing it. Now, whether that be an influencer trying to push the latest activewear or an investment fund manager offering the next great 10% guaranteed property deal, there will be people thinking, right, how can we get some of this money out of these bank accounts and into our bank account? And that could be investment fund managers who are thinking, right, I need to get some of this cash and put it into the deals that I'm putting together. And property developers, for instance, they're going to be chasing these people that have got all of this cash. So it's going to be interesting to see what this looks like in a year's time. Remember that this cash is effectively becoming worth less too, as inflation is eroding the real value of it, i.e. the same level of cash can buy less as time goes by. Now remember, with inflation hanging around, that means that our money is effectively becoming worth less and we can buy less of the things that we used to be able to buy. So we're sort of losing money in what's called real terms where we can't buy as many cans of tuna anymore, as much petrol, as much travel, um, all of those different types of things. So what will be interesting to see is in 12 months' time what these balances look like and hopefully we'll be able to get that data too. Now of course remember that interest rates are sort of are going up so these things could change where people actually start wanting to put money back into term deposits or they want to pay down some of their debt so they're going to take it out of their savings and their transaction accounts and start paying down some debt. Who knows? You know, We're going to get a clear picture in 12 months' time, hopefully. But for some of you who like to hustle, you have to understand that people are sitting on large amounts of cash that they can access. That makes it dangerous because people are usually dangerous when they have access to money, i.e. it's not locked up in stock markets or term deposits, for instance. That means that you can access it. If you're a hustler, maybe you want to mow their lawns, look after their kids, 
help around the house, etc. If you have value to add to a household, it might be worth asking if they'll swap some of this cash rotting in a bank account for what you can do for them. What I'm basically saying there is that if you're a bit of a hustler and you want to make some extra cash, now's a brilliant time to try and find those people in your neighbourhood that may be sitting on a fair bit of cash. You're probably going to be judging them by the state of their house, those types of things, what they got parked in their driveway, and think, right, I wonder if I can get a little piece of that because they've got access to it and they've probably got access to more of it than they're used to having, especially prior to the pandemic, and that means that they are at a danger that they'll actually hand it over. You want to use that to your advantage, especially if you're figuring out how you can combat inflation and bring a bit of extra income into your household. So remember that people are sitting on large amounts of cash, and if you're keen to try and get your hands on it, it's probably never been a better time because people aren't actually locking it up or saying, sorry, can't do that, sitting in a term deposit, can't get access to it. People have access to it, and so creativity kicks in and people have options. Now, of course, we know that the older generations are collecting a lot of cash and also a lot of assets. Eventually, this is going to be passed down, and a lot of this is already changing hands as the bank of mum and dad come to the party for first home buyers. I'm sure you all know somebody who's gone to buy a home and they can't necessarily afford it, but they've gone to the bank of mum and dad and they have been able to pass them some of that cash, and it's probably gone from those transaction accounts we talked about at the top and down to the kids, and then the kids have used that for their deposit to buy their house and that sort of thing. So, you know, that's when you start to see wealth move from one generation to another. And eventually, we're going to see a a massive flow of those assets getting passed down beneath or down to generations below them. Remember that it was the month end on the 31st of March. It's also the financial year end as well. This is an accountant's orgasm. It's when the financial year in climaxes and they get to start on a whole new experience of the new financial year. Shit, accountants love it. They love a good financial year end and we get to rip into uh, another financial year as to business owners and it all sort of starts again. Uh, But for some of you, it might not feel as explosive. But the end of the month should remind you that it's your time to do your month in process and tally up your assets minus your liabilities and work out where your money will be allocated to in the following month. I did this process, I did it sort of a few days out from the end of the month and then I went and tidied it up on the 31st of March and I made sure that I had all of the balances of all the assets that I have, all the liabilities that I have, I was looking ahead into April and what things I've got coming up, what money I've got coming in, whether I've got any shortfalls, whether I need to think about any of those types of things and actually mapping out my next four weeks or five weeks depending on how many weeks there are in the month. Now there's a template for that and keep the change in around week one or two. Of course you can jump into the Facebook group and you'll be able to find that as well but you should be able to find that on the blog if you need to get it. But uh, get in the habit of doing that and set a calendar reminder so that you actually have a month in uh, process because it will be very, very important for you and it's an important step to remind you to stay focused on your finances and review your progress. Don't skip this step. Now thanks to everyone who tuned into the Daily 30 and 30 podcast this month. They were a lot of fun. Oh, they were a lot of fun, sorry, and I hope you took some inspiration from them. I put a call out on Instagram today to ask were there any things that I might have missed or that people wanted to know about after listening to those, and I've got a few there, so I might sit down in the coming weeks and actually address a couple of those things and chuck out a couple of bonus episodes as well. Have a good weekend. P.S. You are one of 5,458 recipients. Is there someone you could forward this to or put this on your Instagram? Going forward, so everyone from now on that I see tagging Keep the Change or putting something on your story, I'm going to be keeping a record of that and giving away a $200 Shearsies voucher each month, which will be uh, up to you to choose how you use that. 
this doesn't necessarily need to be a Shizzy's voucher either. Could just make it cash or some cryptocurrency or whatever you want to learn about. So we'll start uh, doing that in the months going forward. Now, did you know, speaking of Shizzy's, that they've gone past 500,000 customers? That's a big list of clients by New Zealand standards. Not many businesses in New Zealand have a client base that big, but that is a fuckload of customers. So they've done really, really well to get that many people signed up to their financial platform. I assume that some of those may be American or Australian or whatever countries that are signing up to Sharesies, but um, it looks by their email that the bulk of them are New Zealanders, which is pretty bloody phenomenal and don't, doesn't look like they're slowing down either. Now, Air New Zealand is seeking $1.2 billion, and I think they'll get this too because if we look above, there's so much cash sitting in those bank accounts. So perhaps some of these people that are shareholders in uh, Air New Zealand, they may have some cash on the sidelines and they may take up the offer from Air New Zealand and send them over some extra cash as well. We could go a little bit deeper into that offer from Air New Zealand, but there's heaps of detail on their website. I'm sure Shearsies will be sending something out about it as well. Again, I'm not affiliated with them or sponsored by them or anything like that, so um, don't, uh, just because I mention them, it's just because I I use them and it's very simple, and I know a lot of people do, i.e. 500,000 people, but I'm sure Hatch will be doing the same thing for their people or their customers who have shares in Air New Zealand so that you can understand that. But I'm not here to give financial advice around whether you should take that offer up or not, but it's just interesting that they need so much cash, basically $2 billion bucks, and they're going to try and get $1.2 billion from their current shareholders. So in a nutshell, it looks like they're in the shit uh, effectively and they're not going to be able to pay a dividend for a number of years. So it's not really a stock that I'd want to buy in terms of my strategy, and, and that is that I want stocks that are going to pay me a dividend to help pay for my living expenses. So it doesn't fit that criteria, but the other part of me thinks, hmm, maybe I would like to hold some shares in that company in the hope that they can turn it all around over time, and I want to see them do that as well because we'll be in a pretty tough place as a country if we don't have a national carrier or a way to get around the country, and I would suspect that whatever happens for them, the government would find a way to bail them out just like they did during COVID, because they know how important it is that that asset keeps going. So perhaps they could be a good long-term investment, but I'd have to look deeper into that to figure out if I'd put my money where my mouth is and have a crack at that. Speaking of sponsors, a quick shout-out to the crew at Bruco, who have been kind enough to uh, support Keep the Change via helping pay for the platform that sends out the emails every Friday to over 5,000 people. Now... Things don't happen for free, uh, unfortunately, and it costs to run platforms like that and to get uh, these these podcasts in front of people and to get people talking about Keep the Change and learning about financial literacy and going through night school and things like these. So Bruco, great bar down there in the Mount, they've been kind enough to say, hey, look, we love what you're doing, we'd love to help in some way. And I'll be talking about that a little bit more in some of these uh, podcasts coming up, but if you're in the area, if you're in the Mount area, Get along, they are great people and it's good to see people supporting other people that are trying to help in this space and they're obviously interested in that, so really cool. Something uh, really exciting to come from that, so I'll keep you updated about that as we go. In the meantime, enjoy your weekend, look after yourself. It's getting warm out here in Auckland again, which is interesting. Daylight savings coming up. Talk to you next Friday.